Welcome to the 32nd episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. I'm Amber Kluwer, and I'm here today with co-host Ryan Fightmaster and our newest guest, and hopefully future co-host, uh, Mark Carter, duck hunting, razorback, family man, and fellow type one. Alright, so we just had a fellow Okie. He's uh, not from Oklahoma though, is he? Well, I guess he lives here now. He did, so he lives, he's, he's Okie now. He's, yeah, he's Okie now. We've accepted him. He's Okie now, and uh, Mark is awesome. I mean, we have some history here. Um, Amber, when did you, did you meet Mark? You met Mark like two months ago, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we've already, we, we discussed all that in the show. But Mark is awesome because he's inspiring, he has a great attitude, great outlook, and he's been through everything. He's a fellow traveler. He's great at rambling about life with the disease and isn't afraid to talk about his love of Chick-fil-A. He loves that stuff. <laughs> no apologies either. I like. I think that's why I like him most because he's like he's somebody who like, will actually like go out and eat carbs <laughs> with reckless abandon. <laughs> While still managing his disease and doing the best that he can. And um, he definitely does a great job of sharing what it's like to have the disease as a diagnosed at age 18 and um, what life is like now with a family. Oh, yeah. He, he the describes the life. He, descri- he describes it with vulnerability. Yeah. I thought he was probably uh, the most honest I've ever heard somebody <laughs> talk, uh, about, talk yeah. about just the, the disease, the struggle, the ups, the downs. I mean, he laid it all out there. He's the yeah, perfect. No punches pulled. Perfect guest for the real life diabetes because he's I, living it. But I felt like he was he was a good like counterbalance for you. I felt like you guys could go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll jump into the show uh, here in a few minutes. But just a few quick announcements as we roll out into the fall. Here, uh, the best way to support the show is still through Amazon.com on our banner ad along the right side of the homepage. All you have to just do click. is click and shop. Click and shop. For all that Halloween candy. And I know a bunch of you guys are doing it. We see it happen, and it really helps us. Um, It's pushing the show forward. Oh, and you you. know, we also, uh, we always talk about, we love hearing from you, whether that's an iTunes review or on any of our social media um, links. So like us, click, whatever. It lets us know that you're listening. And we'd like to hear your feedback. You know, are the podcasts... We, we know that you're downloading them, and we're very thankful for that. But are they too long, too short? Um, wh- what kind of subjects maybe that you'd like for us to cover? Because we're here to, um, to sh- yeah, share Again, the yeah, life. you can shoot that in a message to us, any of the, the social media accounts, or you can send that email to info at diabetesdailygrind.com, and we will get back to you. And maybe even send you some swag just for sending us some feedback. <laughs> I know, more bribery. <laughs> just more bribery. Okay, is that all we got? Are we ready to, uh, to roll? Let's start the show. Okay. Let's get to Mark Carter. Yes, I'm alive. I'm alive. Relief, I'll be the reliever. It's just like when Ryan, you know, he's doing his thing. <laughs> he taps out. Taps out. You righty or lefty? Righty. Okay. So. Because I'm in. I'm in. A, what does that mean? <laughs> it's you know calling calling the to the pin to the bullpen. Yeah. I'm a right-hander, so... So you tap the I've right hand, it. and it brings in the right-hander out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. If you tap the left hand, the left-hander comes in from the bullpen. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I learned something new today. Some playoff baseball. Because I'm, cause I'm in Oklahoma City every every other week. Yeah. 
It makes me wonder since coming here, if I should just move to this area because there's so many, you know, move from Tulsa. Hmm. But you're in Tulsa the same amount, right? Not as much. Really? A couple days. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, we're, we're rolling. Oh, we are. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, we're good. I think it's good to get a little talking in before the official thing starts anyway. Well, and with that being said, why don't we start off with how we all know each other? So, Ryan? How do you oh, know this guy? You and I, you know, we met. Against <laughs> no, uh, yeah, your better judgment. I, I would say, yeah, I was a, a freshman in the dorms at mm-hmm. OU and Norman, and and Mark was was working around mm-hmm. the Norman city limits area as a mm-hmm. as a mentor to college kids. You're right. And, what, it, what and it, you were you were only a few years older than us, right? You know? Which so is kind of was a really cool relationship, <clears throat> you know, area there. And so you got to know a ton of guys on our floor, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, I think we all got to know you too. Which even, uh, it, w- this is a crazy connection, but I was talking to a person up in Edmond today who is uh, good friends with John David Willimon, which is, it's his sister-in-law who oh. is working in for, for Chick-fil-A. So it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Another floor yeah. mate. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I got I to meet. I just texting Justin today saying that we were doing a podcast together. Man, was, I want to, I want to see him and that's hilarious. <laughs> So yeah. college days for you mm-hmm. guys. College days, yeah. And then a couple over the past couple of months, I was flooded with um, emails and Facebook messages about this great guy who's new to the Oklahoma City, and he's an Omnipod rep. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "You've got to know this guy." I mean, I think that you guys would. I mean, he'd be great for the Diabetes Daily Grind and whatever. And so, I came across Mark's phone number one day and blindly called him, and he took the phone call. So. Right. <laughs> well, which in, which is funny because <laughs> all, all so the, funny. Which yeah. is funny because all these different offices that I was going to, they were telling me about this these uh, this awesome you know group, you know talking about diabetes daily grind, and they were like, I need to I need to meet them as well. So it's uh, it all worked out. It all worked out, <laughs> which is incredible because it's all positive to right. help others with diabetes. It's all positive, and and you're not only in the industry, but you also have the disease. Right. Yeah. In the industry you work. Which is that unique combo that really doesn't exist very often. Right. Maybe it does. Maybe you meet other people to do that too. How you many know, do you know a lot of reps that have type, type one? one? I mean I meet a few and and I think, you know, obviously Isn't it, that chick from Medtronic? Doesn't she have it? Yeah. She does. She has type one as well. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. No, no, <laughs> you're good. Chick from and, Medtronic. Yeah, you know, it's, it's I just <laughs> noticed her at the JDRF walk in Tulsa. So she had well, a bandana on. Right, mm-hmm. she did. And you know, there's a lot of people I think in the in the the world of diabetes and I think what kind of drew me in uh, to the diabetes world was that, you know, when I was diagnosed in college, a freshman at the University of Arkansas, I was given a vial and a syringe and was told just to go back to your fraternity and, and deal with this. And I was like, deal with what? I, haven't, I, I didn't really have an idea of what this disease actually even meant. And then I didn't have anybody for really for 10 years. And so oh, yeah. but that's such a formative time in your life. And then yeah. I was alone and, and I had a lot of anger and grief and different types of things. And so I, it just made me wonder like how many other people are out there because every time I met somebody and I said, Hey, I have type one diabetes, they'd be like, Oh, you're diagnosed as a kid. And I was like, no, I actually wasn't. <laughs> and so it just, there's a lot of Common just mi- misconception. Yeah. Absolutely. Ton- so just a lot of information out there that I mm-hmm. think people just don't know. And so my passion grew to be like, I want to, I want to change the world locally and globally and just people with diabetes. So, well, before we get into your actual diagnosis story, cause it's pretty a unique one. And I mm-hmm. remember sh- when you were sharing it with me, we, you were talking prior to the diagnosis about you lived abroad, you lived mm-hmm. 
overseas more than in the United States, would you right, say? Right, right. So my dad is an engineer for a copper and gold company. And so that brought us to Erie and Jaya, which is now Papua, which is right above Australia. Oh, and so... It's like a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, was an, it was an amazing childhood, you know? I mean, I was born in America, moved from Carlsbad, New Mexico to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and then at the age of five moved to Erie and Jaya, Papua, which uh, lived 9,000 feet in the jungles of Indonesia. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I, and so, yeah, the city, the city itself was nestled in the jungles. It rained every single day. And I went to an international school, which I think really helped me on. I love people. I love people from all walks of life. That's great. And, uh, yeah, so I got to meet a lot of different folks. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's your, your biggest takeaway from traveling as a kid and living in different places was that ability to, to jump in anywhere and connect? Yeah. Connect. Yeah, yeah I mean, cause, you know, I would definitely say that because, you know, when you when you meet people, everyone's got a story. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that when you you actually listen, you've been given two ears and a, a mouth. And so at times it's hard for me. I love to talk to people all the time. And so um, as I as I get to know people's stories, I think we're all the same around the world, you know, and and uh, and I didn't have diabetes in Indonesia at that time. But it's really helped me because there's a lot of people with type one around different parts of the world that don't have the resources and things that we have, which I think is, uh, you know, it, we're an ambassador to help others, you know, and I, I, I've kind of taken that to heart of being an ambassador for others, local and global. So, right. Yeah. You got dreams of ever, you know, spreading something type one related. Spreading. You're going to trickle some type I've been reading, along. I've been, reading, I've been reading way too many reports on Zika <laughs> <laughs> at school. <laughs> type, type, type one is not contagious. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm thinking of like trickling test strips throughout the world. Right. Yeah. Maybe right. Do, do, doing type one diabetes related work <laughs> in remote locations. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I have a good friend that you know, and it's still working in Papua New Guinea now. And, and I'd love to be in Papua New Guinea or the Middle East. I mean, I was talking to a guy the other day as a, you know, I live in Tulsa now and we were at a Starbucks and, you know, this one particular guy's from Saudi Arabia and he was telling me about his father who died of complications of diabetes, you know, so type two or type one type two. Yeah. You know, and so when you think of even about type two or type one, it seems like a lot of people in the Middle East and India and different places that I've been, they don't have a clue. I mean, what's going on? So yeah, I would love to. And we've talked about, I mean, well, I'll go down a dark path when it comes to, I feel like the introduction of American foods in countries that were, were didn't have that. And so now they're being flooded with, well, we've been fed and uh, the rates of diabetes are growing quickly, mm -hmm. which is those both types, honestly. I mean, so it is yeah. it's frightening. It is. Yeah. You know, we, we always hear about the complications as type ones and it's kind of like that that subject you never really think about right because you know it's like let's live in the moment let's just take care of our blood sugar every day mm. and we have that conversation i think internally every day uh, but being in the hospitals the last couple of months yeah it's uh it's been different seeing it well like the complications firsthand uh, play out in people that have had diabetes for a long time and it's kind of been a uh kind of a tough See, it scares oh, yeah. me. You even know? even you yeah. talking about right now, I, I it makes me. I have a knot in my stomach because it's kind of. It's like sometimes I'm walking on death row, just waiting for the day. You can't think about it. Then, I right? know, I know, but it's it's. Uh, yeah, we're all gonna die. Some, I mean, yeah, it's just the yeah. It's like the subliminal messaging though it, that it is. It's kind of been there throughout. It's like it's never really been a motivator by the people that I that have taken care of me though. Right, like my physicians. It's never yeah. been like that's been the primary motivator. I don't know about you, but 
Well, and I no. think about the, and I yeah. literally on the drive home from Tulsa this past week, Mark and I's booths were next to each other. And there was a guy who was kind enough to speak to both of us. He mm-hmm. has type two, but he immediately goes into his friend who died of complications. And I'm like, you know what? And the next <laughs> Please, time somebody no. says that to me, I'm going to be like, we're all going to die. Some of us, it's going to be more painful for others. I could die right now. And right. I mean, I don't need to know how your best friend lost their foot prior to getting in a car accident. Right. It, it is bizarre on, how that's the first just, thing that comes out. Jesus. Them. I mean, it's just say, I <laughs> right, know a lot of right, people with diabetes right. or whatever. Well, so the other question, I mean, and y'all might know this more than I would, but I mean, are most of these complications type two mm. or are they really type one? I don't know. We, we could maybe look that up. Yeah. I, mean, I know it's the same. It's the same disease process, but I know that sometimes uh, people with type two diabetes can run at say like 300, like for a long time, like years, you know. Well, um, and so I think that's where kind of like so say say like you know like a 55 year old man who's lived your whole life a certain way, and you never really feel that different, you know. Hmm. And then you go in and get a random blood sugar stick, and it's 350. It's not like in type one where you've been 350 for maybe like two or three days or at the right. max a week, you know. Because if we never took insulin, we'd be at 800 in right. two weeks or whatever. And so for them, I think it's really tough because they, it's hard to detect because you just, the body gets so used to like five, um, you know, milligram per deciliter increases wow. a day. <laughs> Way to geek you, out. But you know, yeah, it's, just, it's, no, different. it's different. No, that's good because I mean, my blood sugar was at like 350 today and I was like kind of feeling not the best and then I was checking everything and it went down. But I mean, yeah, if it's up at that, I can see how your body could get used to it. Dude, okay. Well, let me there. ask you this. Yeah. When yeah. you were at 350 today. Could you figure out what got you to that point? Yes. It was, once again, my, my <laughs> beverage of choice at Starbucks that I forgot. I put eight equals in and some milk into a cold iced coffee. And for some reason, it jacks with my blood sugar. First of all. How, is there any espresso in that, too? No. No, no, no extra shots? No, no extra shots. But but see, that's the thing is like, I can't figure this out when it comes to... You need to cut that's out a, the equal. That's a no-carb drink, technically. See, te- right? see this, milk, will, here, milk will jack this you This is up. interesting. Yeah. See, this is, where, this is where everyone acts like, you know, diabetes <laughs> is easy. And I'm like, mentally, it's, it's not because the eight equals should be... Why do you need eight? I love it. I just, I love <laughs> that's it. That's what's going to kill you. It's not going to be diabetes complications. <laughs> You know, I think and for those of you who don't know, Mark, he drinks a lot of coffee I do. or a lot of <laughs> I love coffee diet beverages. Hey, I love I coffee too. I Amber do. also loves coffee. Hey, I uh, love coffee. We're all outed. This is black, the but in my mind, this is the re- what else can we really, really have? First of all, you're too loud. Stop screaming. Okay, <laughs> we're, 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 no, Jonathan. Sorry, I love it. I love it. Um, oh, it's all good. It's all good. No. No, I need. No, I want to finish. You, feel free to finish the justification for the equals because we yeah. all have these like crazy justifications for things. <laughs> Mine's coconut um, oil. Yeah. Yeah, I do like coconut oil, but I don't know. I always feel like I mean that it makes the drink normal to me. I don't know. It's just like it the makes equal? it. equal. Yes, because you know I I want it equals th- it out. This it does equal. That's good. Yeah. And and I it's I'm always cool. thinking when it comes to drinks, it's not like I mean I want I want Kool Aid sometimes yeah. and I. And I, you know, do you make Kool-Aid at home? Yes. I Sugar-free like, Kool-Aid. Yes. What flavor do you? I love, I love tropical punch. It's incredible, <laughs> but it's I want something, but it's like, you know, Oh, just drink water. I get tired of just water. Drink wine. Like I do. I love wine. Yeah, but it's so funny how like that one drink could become like that, that thing you look forward to during the day. Yeah. Right? It's like that. 
and it and it doesn't even ha- yeah it doesn't have to even like have sugar it could have eight equals in it, it can have eight equals in milk <laughs> and it jacks with my blood sugar so that's yeah that's what I went through my mind but I haven't been able to figure it out on sometimes I can dose correctly and sometimes not coffee's a wild card and we've talked about this for, and written about it honestly like and a lot of people do some days it totally jacks up your blood sugars and other days nothing so. Yeah. It's just one of those things about being having type one. Some yeah. days you get it and some days, you, not you, your body, <laughs> the, your the, mind knows what's going on, but yeah, the, you mind, think. the mind is complex also in yeah. this kind of diabetes management world. Yeah. Well, so like I was saying, when, uh, you were kind enough when we met the day that I talked to you on the phone, mm-hmm. you were telling me about your diagnosis story and I mean, I almost fell out of my chair. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you want to, we want to go. Into yeah. This. Let's roll into yeah. that. Cause you were diagnosed a lot later than we were. Yeah. So when I was a freshman at the university of Arkansas, it was, I was supposed to go on a spring break trip with my fraternity brothers down to Florida. And you know, my mom was like, Hey, something sounds off like where you can't go. And I was like, well, that's kind of boring. I'm not going to be able to do anything for spring break. So, uh, I went down to South Arkansas and uh, a few of my friends were like, Hey, let's go, you know, uh, trot line fishing and yeah. catching some oh, catfish yeah. and I was like okay that sounds fun but they kept they kept saying like man there's something seems off about you because you're always tired and I and I literally that night you know we were putting out trot lines I drank like 24 cokes like yeah. one after another and it was kind of like I couldn't get my fix on sugar mm-hmm. and I really felt like it just I mean it was it was an insatiable like hunger and thirst for like sugar it was weird and so, and I kept sleeping a lot. And so my friends were like, man, there's something really, really off with you. And so luckily when I saw my brother-in-law, who's a physician, he uh, did an A1C test on me. Was and he at the, was he with you guys for the trial? No, fishing? he was and He was in Monroe, Louisiana. I was visiting my sister. So when I was in Louisiana, they did an A1C check and, it, and they ended up testing my blood sugars like 750. Yeah. And uh, they're like, hey, you need to go meet with this lady and she's going to go over. And, and during that time, I don't remember if she was a certified diabetes educator. I really don't remember. All I remember is that she gave me a syringe and a vial and was told, don't eat Butterfingers and Snickers. Like, literally, that's <sighs> all I heard. Oh, and it was what you can't do dude. and what you can. And so, like, I and think. How old are you at this point? You're. I'm, um, I'm 18. You're 18. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah. So I'm 18 and I'm sitting here thinking to myself going, okay. And I'm pretty positive about life. And I was sitting there going like, I had no idea really what happened. And so, you know, when I look back at that time, I'm really big about like your worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that worldview was being shaped by her of like what I couldn't, which to uh, me at that beginning, which is really interesting. It's what you can't have. <laughs> you know what that made me want to go do? Go have I love Butterfingers. Yes. Well, not cocaine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but Butterfingers and Snicker bar, like I love them. And so it made me want to go have 50 of them because she yeah. kept telling me what I can have. <clears throat> and so that, that threw a, and I was in and, and and just internalizing it all. It was just kind of like, okay, I really had no idea what really just went on because it, in, and the way I can explain it too, and maybe y'all have kind of felt this way. But like, you know, at times when my blood sugar is not doing well at times, like my mind's foggy. Oh, yeah. Sure. And, yeah, and I felt distant. Yeah. And I felt foggy and just wasn't, you know, I lost like 30 pounds. My vision went blurry. Yeah. And so I was getting glasses and, you know, then all of a sudden I didn't need glasses when I got my blood sugar regulated. <laughs> so it was, a, Yay. yeah, but you know what? I was alone. And, and that's what I think. That's where I think the internal. Yeah the internal part of me that she was in like how many people are maybe listening to this. They will listen to this and just 
they're alone and I don't want them to ever be alone. Like I want them to know that I, I want to be there to help and yeah. I want to be able to, to talk to folks. So it, it changed my life when I think of like, and I learned from a friend of mine who was in my fraternity who was, he'd been type one for a long time and he just kind of, he would wing it. <laughs> I think we all do that really. I mean, but. we do. And, and he just told me, he's like, Mark, you know, you just got to go with it. And he's like, and so luckily when I think about Ryan, his name was Ryan, Ryan RT was his name. Um, he, he, he maybe taught me just to roll with the punches and I was like, okay. Well, that's gotta be somewhat comforting to go back to your college life and have somebody in your house that ha- can, has the same disease. So, right. Or, yeah. but he teaching was passing out way. a lot and he was, uh, <laughs> doing things that, uh, you know, yeah. When we think about, cause drink, I mean, let's be honest, like, you know, I, I, during that time, happy was, to be alive. yeah, happy to be alive, you know, yeah. whiskey and Call diet cheers. Coke. Oof. And yeah. and I was drinking crappy beer, which is ridiculous. Well, yeah. the whiskey and diet, whiskey and diet's better for you though. Whiskey oh. and diet, but man, but then the whiskey is so strong that I feel like it's like almost an automatic hypoglycemic event. Oh, for the next morning, for sure. That's yeah. true. You That's know? true. It was a. It's just like it's a. Tough. It's like a. You know, a diabetes roulette of like what it was going to be like the next morning. Of, <laughs> oh my gosh. It was. It was <laughs> yeah, you're 18. Yeah, in probably yeah. one of the most formative times ever. You get a diagnosis. You're in a fraternity. <laughs> You've got this this guy you just met, and I, I have pictures of people I met when I first got into college, and right. like how influenced I was by these people I just met, you know? Right. And, uh, I mean, what a strong pull from just this one guy. Right. And, and so, okay, so you make it through college. Right. And you make it, it through college, it you live and you graduate. <laughs> I live, I make it through college, but you know what? During those years, it was still, morph. yeah, it was, yeah. Sti- it was still, it was still foggy to me. Mm-hmm. And when I think about just the diabetes itself, like no, there was no accountability. Right. You know, no one told me that. Were you testing your blood sugar? I was testing my blood sugar, but I wasn't going to a doctor. What insulin were you on? Uh, Humalog. Just Humalog? Oh, did you start with the pump? No, I didn't start. I didn't start with a pump. Like you know, I had actually. I had. I look back. <laughs> you didn't start with a pump. No, I didn't start. I didn't that's, start. That's a legit question. Now. I didn't. I mean, well, yeah. if you're only doing Humalog, what was your long lasting? Well, it was. It was. It was Lantus. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's okay. But take Humalog every five minutes. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh my God. No, I didn't. But but I'll, but this this what I always heard that pumps were good, and I remember I remember my brother in law telling me going, well, Mark, you got to show high fluctuate. You got to work to get a pump. And I was like, what? And so he, he, he <laughs> Bitch, told, please. yeah, right. he, he's like, you know, you got to work, you got to work at your fluctuations of your blood sugars. And so, hmm. you know, he was trying to, you know, tell me about how to maybe manipulate the system. And it was like, well, if it seemed like it'd be easier then why wouldn't they just help you? But anyway, um, I've during, always been mis- I've, yeah, I've never, understood you know what that I'm saying? Yeah. And so, so it's kind of weird, but, but when I think about it, during that time, uh, it was, I, I still figure you know, I had no accountability. I was doing it was a self-motivation of going, well, I know I need to check my blood sugar and give myself insulin. That's about the basis of it. But no one was like, how are you? What's going on? And my mom, and this is the thing that's crazy, is my mom just felt like she didn't want to talk about it. So she'd stick her head in the sand and be like, you can just deal with it. And I'm like, well, this is a really, really big deal. And But she didn't want to, she didn't want to deal with it herself. So... And why is that? You wanted to share that part? Yeah. So when I was in high school, I played football and I was going to play college baseball. And then I tore my ACL playing a linebacker in football in high school. And so when I got my ACL repaired, the doctor was like, either you could go with a cadaver's ligament or you can go with a hamstring. And so Mm -hmm. my mom made the call saying, well, 
if he's going to try to play college sports, we want him to have a stronger ACL and maybe the recovery. So they, we went with a cadaver's ligament, and they think that from the cadaver's ligament there might be the reason what triggered type 1 diabetes, which is a theory that I have no idea if that's true or not. Ryan, anything you want to chime in? Is it Yeah, I mean, what do you geek? think about that? I mean, there, there's still no answer <laughs> as to why people get diabetes. So. Right. I mean, I think we all hold conspiracy theories and we all have events that we think maybe contributed. Right. Um, but man, honestly, who knows? <laughs> who knows? I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to, I'm hold on. I'm just going to say this out loud mm-hmm. for all of you that are listening. <laughs> Every Mark is aggressive with putting his water glass I'm down. Fired up about if you, and if you sniff your nose, people are going to hear it. Okay. So it, just think that everything you do, I've been called out on burping, breathing too hard, and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, just give the dude a break. Yeah, <laughs> and this is this is good for me because I'm going. You know, this is good. This is good because I'm I'm trying to like I'm I'm excited and fired up right now. <laughs> no, this is good. So, it is good. But I'm getting I'm getting some good counseling. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so going back to okay, you're fired up, and you know I can't imagine at 18, everybody's like eating ramen noodles, you're drinking crappy beer, you're trying to get to your test every day i mean college life is tough yeah you're right. staying up so, till two sleeping until 11 right. every day no structure <laughs> no yeah, structure right. and so then to be given this wild card i mean i totally think you have a much worse hand i feel like than we did than growing up with it and having it, a little bit more knowledge about the disease prior to coming in so yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah it, it, i've always thought there are, are are two really really tough ages to get diagnosed um in high school or early college years, and uh, as a kid, as a, like a really two, little kid, yeah. like zero uh, to three, four, five. I feel really. like those are always really tough years. Um, but who knows? Everybody makes it out. Everybody I see always gets diagnosed. <laughs> so we get at complications. Times, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah but I, I think that's how people try to motivate me. They'd always give bring up once again the fear of this is what's going to happen to you if you don't do this, this, and that. And I think I just kind of looked at it I was like, well. You know, why aren't people, why isn't there a sense of community where people can vent? And, and I think back and I'm like, well, I was positive and then I was angry. Then I was asking why me? And then, then it became to the point where a lot of people were, it was kind of like food police. They would tell me what I could and what I couldn't have. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I didn't like that. I didn't, cause I'm not the type of person where, I mean, you can tell me that what I can't do makes me want to go do it even more. <laughs> but, but when you're food, like and that's the thing that was, I think the biggest thing for me maybe to accept and maybe I am today is a foodie. Like I love food. Right. Because oh, our, our yep. culture is all about food, football games and going places right. and different things. And it's so everywhere. It's Holidays, everywhere. Holidays, whatever. It's an art. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and so when you start talking about food and you, you know, you're eliminating food in a lot of different ways, then you're going like, well, how do you do this? I think that was the mental stronghold that was been hard for me. And still I think is, is that, you know, I mean, when I love going to, a different, you know, Mexican restaurant like Chewy's. I mean, so on Sunday afternoons, you know, my family, we typically try to go there. It's like, how do you, how do you car, I mean, how do you count carbs when it comes to the chips and salsa and things you want to eat? And it's just very difficult. Okay. So, I'm so glad you brought this up because I think there's two kinds of people and, and obviously there's more than two kinds. Yeah, right? I feel like, but there's, there's, there's a lot of, okay. Yeah. So say you sit down in a Mexican place, right? You've got chips. There's the people that say like, mm, I'm just not going to eat that. Right, because I don't know. It's uncertain. Because you're, then, you're crazy. Yeah, because you're crazy. Okay. <laughs> right. And then there's some people who look at it and they're like, uh, I, 
bet I could I bet I could take a decent guess and give it a go. Three units, let's go. Right, right, right. <laughs> or something. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Nate, you can we're risk takers. Can I throw in a suggestion there just for Mike? Because I have a different mentality than Ryan does when it comes to dosing. I'm not saying anybody's right or wrong. Here. No, no, this no. I mean, just like everybody. So w- when it comes to like Mexican food, if I know my, I obviously know my blood sugar going in. And if it's in a reasonable rate, then I'll go ahead and start snacking. Then after I order, knowing what I'm going to take in, because I know if I order fajitas or whatever, I have a pretty good guess on my carbs. So after I've had mm-hmm. a couple of my little bit of chips and salsa, then I'll go ahead and shoot up prior okay. to the meal coming to the table. That's, you know that's what not I mean? a bad so, solution there, yeah. And that also, for me, is about moderation, because I know that I could sit and eat my body weight in chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. Right. More for, I don't want to weigh 120. 99 pounds right, so right, you know yeah. what I mean like oh, so I thinking about mm-hmm. that type of still being able to eat whatever you want carb guessing at times and you know we talked to somebody oh Clayton who's in who um with his daughter they actually give insulin after the meal which I still don't understand how that really works I know one adult that does it but he justified it in that his he doesn't know what his daughter is going to eat gotcha and ha- having to carb count afterwards because yeah. I mean that's crazy to me like right Anywho, it's, yeah. It's very interesting. And, and so I was going to ask you this. Um, so, like when you... This is good. Eat breakfast. Yeah. Or Do you eat or breakfast? I, I do eat breakfast, but but I think I start thinking like what I'm going to eat. Like I always like, a, like I love toast, but there are certain things that I still eat when I know they're going to make my blood sugar go high. And, uh, but I, I, I love, like I love carbs. Well, and... <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you're being honest about this. No, right, I mean, so, this is, yeah. this is, this is, cause we're in a carb culture. Yeah. Very much it. Yeah. And, 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 and it's incredible much to the disdain to all the gluten-free folks. <laughs> well, there. and I'll say this too, you know, and, and it's interesting how this will change because as a single person, then being married, my wife has ulcerative colitis where she's, mm, yeah. it took her two years to really detox and be yeah. like, you know, where she really eats well, but it's a, you know, it now, now it's, as I look through the, 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 the eyes of myself of looking through about type one diabetes. It's, you know, I still want to live within the culture and still think about my family. So it's, it's kind of complicated. Yeah, it is. That is. Yeah. You know, it does. It is complicated. Cause it, cause then yeah. it makes you like, Oh, well, am I being selfish because I just want to eat bad food all the time? But I think it's like, I want to go to Buffalo wild wings and have, you know, a beer and a lot of, you know, chicken wings. I love chicken wings. I love chicken wings. I love. And sometimes I just want them wings. the way they're normally. I don't want them like grilled and, I don't know, you know. <laughs> I just want real life chicken wings. All right, so being a person that doesn't okay. run from carbs, <clears throat> yes. What's your What's your philosophy there? You're pretty strict with counting. Um, yeah. What What do you think about? What do I think about? What's your carb, carb ratio in, in regards to just carbs? One unit to to twelve grams of carb. That's okay. mine. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, th- sometimes you know, I I don't know if it sometimes changes depending on how much water. Like, I think a yeah. lot of times if I'm better hydrated, it seems like I can get away with with eating bad but like i think if i have it's not bad which makes some sense though because you're you're basically diluting right the concentration of right but i think that's why maybe this goes back to why i maybe shouldn't drink 12 cups of coffee every single day but um ah that's that's i never thought about that either you know so it's because i think about the toxicity at times it's like you know is my blood sugar running high at times then sometimes it takes a lot longer for the insulin to be bringing it down so and exercise and a lot of those different things. So I, I do try to stress. really, I do try to, yes, yeah, stress as well. I do try to, to count carbs really well. But once again, it's like when I, I love Chick-fil-A, 
Okay. And I don't know what they put in Chick-fil-A. It's the pickle juice. I, I know you love salt. I love salt. And, but I don't know. They, <laughs> salt is not. <laughs> salt is sugar. awesome. We've talked about but, but something. <laughs> Maybe something, it is though. Maybe it is. I don't know. Like something is. The, like I can give the. I can look at the nutrition value and make the carb count and do it correct. But I still think that later on the, the, the breakdown, my blood sugar goes high later on. And so I'm still trying to figure this out. Okay. So the Chick-fil-A, what do you get? What's that? What do you get at Chick-fil-A? 12 nuggets and a Chick-fil-A sandwich and a Diet Coke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't do I don't do french fries cuz I I still haven't figured out how to dose for french fries. French okay, fries I had I had man. Chick-fil-A yeah. for the first time in ages on Friday. Yep. Heaven. It's <laughs> Unbelievable. And I ate French fries for the first time, and I felt really guilty. Waffle fries. Let's not. Why'd they're not feel, French fries. Why did you feel guilty? Well, more because I'm trying to watch my weight, so it's more of a female. I just don't want to okay. pack on the pounds. So but it's outside of the type one diabetes okay. psyche. Because well, this. Stuff. Well, this is the reason why I say that is because this morning when I woke up and my wife asked me, "Hey, what do you want for breakfast?" And I said, "I don't want anything." First question was, "Is your blood sugar high?" And I said, "Why does it have to be about my blood sugar <laughs> and diabetes?" And just, yes, it is. High. I, <laughs> it wasn't high, but I wasn't hungry. Yeah. So when I think yeah. about the psyche to a lot of this stuff, it's like everything doesn't have to maybe do with your disease. Okay, that is such a fact. And I got to I mean, tell you, when I met your wife this past weekend and your lovely little daughter, she's um, cool. She they are both, both really awesome. cool. And your dog is pretty amazing. I love too. Charleston. He's a hundred. We're gonna put a picture. Lab. Yeah, yes. it's ridiculous. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> Uh, I asked your wife, like after we inter- like we're sitting there chatting about stuff, right. and she was, she said she was really happy to meet me, and she'd heard so much about us, which is scary. Um, <laughs> I was like, so how is it? What's life like living with somebody with diabetes? I mean, yeah, because you rarely hear this story from the partner. You don't and, hear that much. Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. she made. I guess her mom's a CDE. Her mom's what? <clears throat> yes, her mom's a CDE. No way. But she wow. still. But this is the thing. I still think. I mean, one day I got so frustrated because of just the worldview of how, because because she she's very no process. She, yeah. You know, wants to go to Whole Foods and all these different things. I'm like, I you know, in my life, that's just not realistic. Because of, I'm always running around going. And so... You can she, pack snacks. I can pack snacks, but I mean... <laughs> We're going to put Amber, together a care package. Amber, Amber cannot be like unrationalized. See, but see, this, this is the thing. Like, it, Amber, there's never a solution that can't be... I, uh, I don't like excuses. See, that's I, I do like that. I like that you're not, you're not about excuses. And I think that's, that's the kind of the battle that we within just our relationship deal with is that I'm, yeah. at, at times I'm trying to explain to her, like even this morning, I wanted that piece of toast potentially, but I wasn't really that hungry, but I didn't want it. And it had nothing to do with my diabetes. It's mm-hmm. just like, wasn't yeah. hungry. Right. But everyone wants to associate anything that we have to say of like, are you irritable today? Oh, well, is your blood sugar high? Well, no, I'm just irritated. I'm irritated. I'm just in a bad mood. I'm in a bad mood. It's just, I'm, I'm in a bad I'm mood. In a bad mood, people. Like, come yeah. on. And so anyway, I think <laughs> like that's the... You know, the fight of fighting that day in and day out gets it gets tiring. Because yeah. as a spouse, you probably want to try to relate to somebody who has type one with some empathy. And so she probably like she's like, Oh, are are you not eating that because you're high, honey? Right. Or something like that. She's right. like saying something like that. And that's I, I like I your tone be, there. She was being very kind yeah, instead of like, What are you high? You know, yeah. like Are right. you high? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think this even goes back to she sees my mom that my mom has taken no interest in diabetes. Yeah. She sticks her head in the sand and she cooks whatever and whenever. And so she, there's really no self-control and a lot of like, I mean, when we think about eating, you know, it's easy to eat not good. 
And so as you think about just food in moderation, I think it's fine. But, but I think the, still in the community in our world, when we start talking about diabetes, like it's not in moderation. It's what you can and what you can have. Well, and I want to say too, and I totally agree with that. And Ryan and I have talked about this often. Our dietary choices, both being different, but along the same health, uh, I, we both believe that anybody with diabetes, I'm not starting to speak on your behalf, can eat or drink anything that they want as long as they understand what's going to happen with it. Right. Yeah, as long as it's an empowered choice. Yeah. Mine had nothing you know to do with diabetes. Happen. It was more about how I feel right. when I do X, Y, or Z. And right. I think you, you're kind of the same way, right? What, uh, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I chose to start eating the, the plant-based route was that I just, I, I felt better. It, right. didn't even, it didn't have anything to do with blood sugars. No. I just felt better. I was like, oh, I'm going to give this a go for a while. So why I'm bringing that up is that, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in no guilt, no shame. So eat what you want. We want to keep you around. I will say cut out the aspartame, but. Right. I mean. <laughs> but see, yeah, but I would agree with you on that. Like, I do feel better when I have detox before, but it's the sustainability. It's like, mm-hmm. I can do it for two, three months. And then they'll, then this is what happens. I'll go to a movie <laughs> Literally, this is what happens almost every single time. And I need to, I'll go to a movie and I'll be like, man, that popcorn is awesome. And, popcorn? Butter, and Butterfingers. <laughs> and I'm like, look, once again, it's go, that, that one woman, who, that one woman who triggered back in the day. And so that's why I think words are powerful. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about people and what they're saying to you and how they're saying it to you day in and day out, you're developing a, just a, a worldview of what, mm. how you treat this disease. And I think that's why the community, we, we need people to, I mean, come together where it's really helping one another out. I think oftentimes we internalize yeah. what we think type one is mm-hmm. and it becomes just our experience with it. And it helps so much. And just by doing this podcast, it's helped me seeing how other people do it yeah. and their solutions. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are just so many ways to treat it and so many things available. But if you're in on your own, you're kind of stuck with what people have told you. That's right. Or what you've read or what you felt. And yeah. Well, I've always been a rule follower. So if I didn't do what I felt like I was supposed to be doing, then I put the guilt and shame on myself. And that's why I hope that the podcast and everything that we're doing is telling people that, I mean, if I were to live by the rules of the Bible, I'd be in hell in a handbasket. I mean, right. we're all given these, I'm going to say restrictions, but just do what's best for your mind, your body and your soul. And nobody can dictate that. You've got to figure out what's best for you. And I think it's about, um, kind of venturing out there, figuring it out and Mm -hmm. listening to your body whenever you eat heavy carbs or the chicken wings that you love and the Mm -hmm. crabby beer or whatever. And Hey, do I want to feel like this again tomorrow? Right. And just, yeah, learn. or Hey, I'm going to not reward myself, but it's been three months since I've had Buffalo wild wings. Right. Let's rally. Let's bring some people together and let's go eat some wings. Right. You know let's what I mean? So you're never restricted. Right. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I think it's good. We'll take a time out. Yeah. I like that. Hey, this is Jonathan, the real-life diabetes podcast audio engineer, and I would love to see a check from these two hobos. So, please click on the Amazon banner before you do your shopping online and help out the real-life diabetes podcast. 
today. Okay, back back from halftime. Back from halftime. Okay, I think we should start this off um, with you, Mark, backtracking a mm-hmm. bit uh, to to kind of the the turnaround point, like the genesis of the the Type One Revolution for you, like where it started. I know you mentioned yeah. connection back to Fayetteville. So I left when I when I graduated school, ended up working for a company in Fort Smith, Arkansas, Eli Lilly, and I was working with them for a while, and then I ended up back in Northwest Arkansas working in 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 the insulin world humalog as i was calling on different doctors in the area but i came across a physician his name's dr moss adam moss and he's an endocrinologist in the area and he was the first doctor that i'd ever met that that really took the time to kind of hear my story and uh really just he spoke truth to me and he said it in a way where it was this is what you need to do but in a way that he gave me hope Mm. and that there was accountability in the processes you know what? You have diabetes. It's okay. Type one, you know, you can manage it with your insulin and knowing what you're doing in moderation. And, and so that, that was the turning point, which was 2010. And it was then where just kind of getting to know him and his staff and his people that they really did care. And, you know, they weren't apathetic to, to just, I wasn't just another person, but I was a patient, a person with diabetes that he wanted to help. So well, let me ask you, with getting that job, did yeah. you put on your resume that you had diabetes? Do you think that oh, yeah. was like a selling point? It was a huge selling point because I think once again, you know, you know, probably a lot of people just like, you know, we've talked about before, you know, something happens to me when I meet people that act like they have it all figured out that they're like, I, they know exactly what it means. And I'm like, well, hmm. you go check your blood sugar. <laughs> I've checked it over 15,000 times, right? you know? And so, and I think, I think we live in a culture where it's like, we, we love knowledge and that's, and that's good. I love to learn. I love to read. I, I'm, I love to see leaders and different people, but it's one thing to say something, but you don't know what it's really like to live with diabetes. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some people yeah. in our culture and around the world that try to speak to us as that, you know, it's just that easy. And I'm like, well, you go do it and actually like check your blood sugar four times a day, give yourself a shot, <laughs> count up carbs. And so when I started pushing people yeah. back that were educating people in all of life and I started asking like, okay, and I always ask the question, even, even educators, certified diabetes educators and doctors, I'm like, Hey, how many carbs are in a equal? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, if you have, it's one gram of carbohydrates and one equal. And so if you have 10, that for me, that's close to a unit of insulin. Are those alcohol sugars? I mean, do you know? I think it's actually counted as a carbohydrate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, so when you look at the back, because like one day I, I started seeing that my blood sugar was rising. I could not figure out what was going on. And eventually I started looking at the packet and I go, oh, I was never trained and told that I have to dose for. An artificial sweetener. Yes. I know, right? It's weird. That's, that's pretty crazy. So that yeah. that those are the type of things that help me wanting to get into the diabetes world to talk to people, to encourage them. Well, that's exactly why we started this podcast was because we're hopefully spreading the word about things that you're not going to learn in the endo's office and not because they don't, I mean, they're obviously very educated, but it's on the clinical side, right? Oh, 
Totally. And yeah, we believe in the, in the wisdom that's generated right. in like our own creativity with the disease. Because I think we all creatively learn how to live with diabetes over time. Right. And that that wisdom is what we're trying to tap into right. every show and to regenerate over and over and over again. Because well, I'm not say- oh, yeah. it's not a textbook. Well, and I'm not saying that it's yeah. right. And we had talked about this on a podcast or two ago about my new endo. I mean, they're telling us what they are taught to teach us. That's not always how it works. No. So... You got to be your own advocate. You do. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think talking to different people, once again, I always go back to this is that everyone has their own personal story. And so when you think about diabetes, it's, it, there, there is wisdom to a lot of things that are out there. And I'm thankful for those people that have gone to school and helped. But I also want to say, you know, take it one step at a time. I mean, your, your diabetes may be changed because, you know, there was a time when I was single and I wasn't married and now I have a kid and I have a wife. So there's things that change Yeah, and we got to be able to, to be able to adapt, you know, and I think we can. So as you look back at that, um, encounter with Dr. Moss, mm-hmm. um, what was it like tangibly that came about from getting to him? Like, how did it really change your diabetes management? You know? Like I think I think it changed it changed my diabetes management by by realizing that when you look at managing diabetes it has to a lot of it has to do with like a lot of the foods that that you're eating and and taking in consideration of like actually like really trying to count and be and and you know give your insulin you know, 15 minutes to work. I mean, cause I'm horrible at that. It's like, you who know, really does that? Who really, who really does that? And, and I think you, at times it, somebody out there does, I mean, I we think you get them on the podcast and I think, <laughs> but I think, you know, I think a lot of these things that they tell us is just really trying to really do that and apply it. And, and I always talk about like the head, the heart and the hands. It's like, you know, things that get in my mind. He, he, he helped me realize that, you know, what you do today um, which there's another doctor that I called in Branson, Missouri, and I'll never forget what she told me, but she said, Mark, you know, diabetes is a memory disease. It remembers what you do on a day-to-day basis. And it's really true when, you know, you think you about, about complications long-term too. Well, yeah. And so, and I think, and I think a lot of our culture, we're all about like a here, it's yeah. a microwavable society. And yep. so when you think about diabetes, it, what you do today does affect your future. And, mm-hmm. and I'm the worst at that. It's like every day it's a battle just to do what I'm supposed to do today. So I don't have maybe hopefully complications in the future. So I think that's what he really, it's changing a worldview, a mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think for, for 10 years, you know, you know, actually before I actually met Dr. Moss, it was, there wasn't very many people out there that were giving hope. It's like the gloom and doom. And I'm like, come on, there's gotta be, there's gotta be more out there that people are doing well. Yep. Because I mean, I, I grew up overseas. I want to travel. I want to, you know, conquer the world. I want to do a lot of things. And, you know, I'm a huge outdoors person, so I love to hunt and fish. And and so is diabetes going to slow me down? And I think I think that's what Dr. Moss tangibly helped me too is to look at and go, Mark, it's a choice. Diabetes doesn't have to control and dictate your life. You can control diabetes. So it was a it was a mind shift of just helping me realize that I'm not going to let it take over me. Well, and I love okay. So when Mark and I first met, he has a book that he. I would say describes your diagnosis mm-hmm. essentially. And so yeah. it was life before, during the diagnosis and then after, and it's a great, and I, there was one picture in particular, and I think it's you with like, I don't know where you were, Saudi Arabia, possibly there were camels in the background. I was in Egypt. You were in Egypt. Yeah. Sinai desert. And the first thing I thought of is because it's hot, where the hell is your insulin? How are you keeping it cold? Whatever. And you're, yeah. just, I mean, so what in that scenario, in my bag, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? There's not a refrigerator. I mean, we're in the Sinai Desert, and I'm I'm riding on the, and you know, in in the desert with Rabia. The guy's name's Rabia. He has like a tour, and I'm going. Where are we going? And for hours in the middle of the Sinai Desert, we're like going to his village, and it was the Bedouin tribe in that area. And it's once again, I mean. When I think about being in the Sinai Desert, and I, I was able to manage my blood sugar, it was good. It was fine. Okay, now here's my question: When you were there, what yeah. was your diabetes regimen, or were you what pump, or what were you on? What were you? Yeah, doing? I was on I was on the Omnipod, and, and so you know, with the Omnipod, it was able to you know manage my because the the PDM has a blood glucose <clears throat> monitor, mm-hmm. so I was able to check my blood sugar there, and and I was able to lit. It was it was convenient because. You know, you didn't know when you're going to eat, depending on what village we went to that yeah. day. They had a lot of like high carb kind of like bread. Yeah. And so you're able to really manage it. And, you know, if you want to eat, you could. If you didn't, you didn't have to. But it was it was fine. I mean, once again, that's what I, I get, keep I come back to is that, you know, we've got to know as a community type ones that we can do anything. Yeah. And you I think never if you, know until you try. Yeah. No. You know? Right. Yeah. I think a future podcast is going to be all of us talking about because we've all traveled a lot extensively. Right. I would like to, I think, and right. uh, what we are like the little hacks. And I just have to ask this really quick because the DOC is often talking about um, going through security checks oh at the my, airport yeah. with Omnipod. Is that a challenge? Well, you know, fifty-fifty. I've gone, I've gone in before, and of course, we all like the pat downs, but sometimes they've you know they've they've missed it because you know I had the pot on my and then and then so then the other day. When um, I went to, before I went to the type one diabetes camp of uh, the 19 year old to 40 year old the other week, I was at a, a coffee shop and I asked, I asked this, basically this person about what they thought of diabetes. Like I like to ask people what they think of <laughs> diabetes. It's kind of weird. So what do you think yeah. about diabetes? <laughs> diabetes. And I'm, and I go, Hey man, you know, what do you think about diabetes? Like what's your thoughts on type one diabetes? And he was a law student and uh, he was, he, he was telling me basically what would happen is if, if I got in a wreck and my oh, wow. blood sugar wasn't in check and if would if I'd be liable or not. And it was just like, whoa, you just dropped the hammer on me to make me worried whether or not if it's high or controlled or not and if it would be on me. And so anyway this I've, I've always wondered about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do wonder because yeah. I don't know if it if it would if it would come back on us if we weren't in control. Okay, let me be, tell you. I think on it'd that. be very similar to hitting somebody under the influence. Well, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think so. I was in a car accident in 2012, like a major. Someone hit me, and I was actually unconscious for a small bit of time. And the last, and when I didn't realize I'd been in a car accident, I was pinned in the car. When I came to, I thought, God, I feel weird. Let me test my blood sugar. And that's the first thing that I did when I found my purse on the other side of the, the car. First thing. First thing. First really? thing because I felt weird and I tested it. It was like 162. So I knew that I was okay, but I went ahead and ate my um, emergency candy because right. I felt off. Mm. And when I was pried out of the car <laughs> later by the fire department and put in the ambulance, they thanked me for my tattoo. <gasps> and I told them that I had literally, this, is, this was my mindset going into it. I couldn't find my phone, but... Thank God I found my tester. Wow. I know. So it's so really the tattoo. I mean, it really saved you. It saved me. Wow. Cause I've always, oh, wow. I, I don't have any, I, there's no way anybody would really know if they found me yeah. in my car. Well, and we can put some oh. things in the show, uh, the show notes for this because there are so many things now that on your phone, which I'd be curious if mm-hmm. actually medics, especially because I have like a code on my phone 
What is, what I, I know is the reasonable. medics are starting to use those. Yeah. I know they're starting to look at phones and look at that medical info. Yeah. Because whenever I was doing the trauma call um, in the hospital a few weeks back, um, I know they act they access that stuff. So update your health information in your phone. <laughs> well, it's good. To, it's good to know because I mean, yeah. as, being on the road all the time, I'm you, you know, yeah. I'm like forty two hundred miles a month driving, and and I see people doing checking email and texting, and you know, while you're just, driving, you see them do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. it's crazy. As they're driving and texting, and my friend puts on mascara while she's driving. Well, I'm I mean, like, what are you doing? Yeah, and this <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> multitasking, but you know, a vehicle that you don't want to get in a wreck. I mean, it's it's scary. So Google's going to have that, that no hands car soon enough. Oh, really? I mean, my friends just bought a Chrysler that it will parallel park for you. It will do all kinds of stuff. You'd push a button. It does everything. Yeah. Hmm. But they still can't find a cure for type one. Oh, they can also put people and make them have them live on another planet for a year. Yeah. Elon Musk or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, What's it going to cost? Like a million dollars one, a person yeah. to get to Mars? <laughs> right. <laughs> I well, know. I know. Well, I want to br- uh, go back to, so you just came back and right. Ryan and I were both invited and unfortunately we couldn't attend at the time um, just because of a conflict with schedule, but you attended your first diabetes camp. First camp really with, yeah, absolutely. And it was an adult camp. So we've been to the kids camp this year. Yep. So you were rocking the adults. So how Ro- was it? Rocking the adults. You know, it, I, I think I walked away realizing even more how many more pe- like people need to be able to talk about their diabetes mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I got to talk a little bit that weekend about just kind of worldview. Is it, do you see it as a blessing or do you see it as a, you know, a gift or do you see it as a, as a curse? Right. And, and, and to, to see people get in these conversations that, uh, one person, 24 years old, you know, they're, uh, they, it was who they, it's who they are. They love it. They love having type one and they've been able to share and talk to people while another person was absolutely hated. He said, he didn't see it e- either as a, a gift or a curse. He, he just didn't want to have it, but uh-huh. he knew that he couldn't yeah. not change that. And so just being able to have those conversations was really helpful for me. But I realized that once again, I don't, I don't think really anyone's scratching the surface on this, this the psychosocial yeah. part, because we had a senator you know, here in Oklahoma whose granddaughter um, had, had, had died of complications to diabetes. And we were even speaking about that earlier, just about the doom and gloom, but but it was the first time that I'd been around a group where people would actually, can we have an adult conversation about like what the complications are if you don't take care of yourself? But, uh, but, but so over the weekend, it was just a reminder that, wow, you know, there are a lot of people that have different stories, right. diagnosed different times, but we need to be able to talk about it and, uh, and have good conversations to help one another. So it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So did you walk away? It was a huge emotion load. It was. It was. I walked away still kind of having more questions, you know. And and diabetes solution here in in Oklahoma City, you know, they 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 really do. They want to help. They want to help people. And 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 that and I think I think too. It's just that's why I love about you know diabetes daily grind. You know, just even getting to know both of y'all. It's truly about you know you got you y'all play well with everybody and wanting to know people and network is to help so many different people locally and even globally. And I think it's really important that we we come together. And because, you know, the, these individuals at this camp, they just, they still, they need people to talk to. Well, and I think that they after do. talking to yeah. Jeff from Eli Lilly this weekend, and mm-hmm. he's been we great, yeah. we, we need to, um, Ryan and I have hosted a couple of happy hours. One that was strictly for people, adults with type one and their mm-hmm. families 
Um, and then the second one was uh, kid friendly, essentially. But we know we've been asked a lot, Ryan, we need to schedule a date for the next one because bringing those people together for an adult beverage or a cup of tea or whatever you want to do just to be surrounded by other people that we can just all sit around the same table and just see familiar faces. Just air it right. out. Yeah. Do it out. Out. Or make some friends to where you want to hook up later and get a cup of coffee or right. whatever it may be. So yeah, right. we just had an Instagram comment about the topics that a person wanted to hear about. Oh yeah, and, and she mentioned she was like, you know, people don't talk that much about diabetes and depression and like diabetes mm-hmm. and anxiety. Yeah. And I imagine those were a couple Whoa. things that came up at camp. Well, and she and, was like, we want you guys to talk about this stuff more. And, and I think in the DOC, these are all people that have like we all wanted to talk about diabetes for a reason. You know, yeah. so these aren't necessarily the people. Thinking the DOC, who are always going to talk about these things, right? So we got to reach out to others. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure people were. Well, and, about and I want it. to, gosh, you're, I love I love that you're bringing this up because when I was in Raleigh, North Carolina, not too long ago for some training that I had to go to, we were at a restaurant and I met a waiter, and we got in a conversation, which I normally do talk to people about diabetes, and he he had type one, and he because of his highs and lows and swings and up and down his mood swings, he got a divorce from, from diabetes that he would, mm. he would say that his marriage crumbled because of his mood swings. And it just broke my heart of like, are you serious? Like, I mean, is, was there not anybody around his side? I mean, cause I, you know, I'm a sports guy. I love football and different things. And you think about these players that execute on the football field and they have strength coaches, they have offensive line. I mean, they have all these coaches around and to, to execute at the, what they're supposed to do on Saturday or if it's NFL Sunday, it's like you think about people with diabetes, it's like they're asking us to check your blood sugar and eat right and do this and do that. And it's like we're like training for something that's never going to come of Olympics. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. every single day. And I think about that. And it's just it's it's a lot to take in. And, and so it's a lot for your partners is. to take in. Oh, yeah. my They're gosh. your only coach sometimes. Hence why I'm still single. Yeah. And available. <laughs> so, awesome. is, so is Ryan. So is Ryan. So which you, which diabetes single day? Well, hey, but you know what? I want to ask you the question. I'm gonna, I'm going to bring it to y'all. I mean, mm-hmm. do you think sometimes would you rather maybe be interested in someone that has type one? Mm. That's an interesting question. Huh? Yeah. I think we'd beat each other up. Well, I mean, uh, it would, would be, you? I think it'd be really because there know. there was a you'd couple, be judging each other. Well, there's a couple that was there at the camp and they had a healthy baby. Uh, and they they were type they're both type one mm-hmm. and they were they were sharing their experiences on how they knew what was going on with one another and they seem to be really really healthy. I think it depends on the person. Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it would have to be there'd have to be some like underlying right. like, personality match, but I could see it doing a ton of good. Yeah, you know, I could too. Yeah, I mean, I think you could drive each other absolutely insane. Oh, the the like, pumps the going off, the stuff. beeping all the time. Well, that that's what a camp, that's what kind of, I didn't get any good sleep at camp that weekend because every, <laughs> because basically CGM alarms going off, definitely pumps, people, it was, it was, it was crazy. So yeah, I didn't sleep well. I, I was tired after that camp. Okay. So your, uh, your daughter is adorable. Yeah. She's awesome. And so do you have any fears about oh, her? Oh yeah, I do. Are you going to do the, uh, what is it called? Trial net? Trial net. Trial net. Yeah. I think we're going to do it, but I, you know, it, it's still scary to how, me. How old is she? Yeah. Two and a half. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, and yeah, you know, it's one She of rides the, Ch- Charleston. Is that his name? Yeah. Charleston, my hundred pound lad. She was sitting on him. It was pretty cute. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. Which is actually, I got Charleston 
So I, I could prior I wanted, to babies, prior baby. to babies, because I wanted to train him to be my honey, my duck dog, and yeah. my diabetes dog. And mm. so I didn't do a very good job on smelling my blood sugars high and low. <laughs> Tell that okay, this could be anyway. a totally separate podcast, yeah. but just give it because I remember asking you, I was like, what the hell? So you're training? Okay, so what well, did you I mean, do? What was the training process? Well, the training, like what I read on the, you know, just getting to understand people who have who type one dog, like dogs to read your blood or smell your blood sugar, it's like twenty thousand dollars, and I'm going. Who has 20 grand? It's an incredible amount of money. That's amount yeah. of money. And so anyway, I was like, well, I'll take cotton swabs and I'll, you know, when my blood sugar is high, you know, I'll, I'll swab my mouth and when it's low. And then I basically put it in my refrigerator. Uh, and basically when I would train him when he was younger to smell and I'd put the cotton swab and make it to where kind of like training, like a hunting dog. That's exactly what I was thinking. It, yeah. yeah, it's exactly it. But I was just like, I don't have $20,000, and I don't think most people do. And if you do have a dog, that's awesome. And I'm but, sure insurance on that dog is an ass load. Yeah, it would be a lot. But I mean, you know, it, but I do know, like, dogs have saved a lot of kids' lives. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so, because I think that is my, my fear as I've had diabetes for 18 years now, is that there, I can tell that I don't, I, don't, I don't feel the lows as much anymore. Really? Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. So. Do you have a threshold? Like a number? That like you, when it hits you one point, you really you know you're going to feel it. Yeah. You no, know, I really, I'm trying to think. That's hard to track. I feel like. It yeah, I don't, hard. I don't know on that it, one. Some days I'm, I'm better at detecting it than I am at others. Like just during the break, I was like, oh, I know I'm high. Like I, I take the sugar, put on the strip, and I'm take already the like, sugar. Like I already like pull the, the you know the syringe out and right. I'm like loading insulin to give because I know I'm high, and it like comes back and it's like 108. So it's like we're not always wow. on, I know. like very well. Well, you and know? two, you're trending. Yeah. You could be going down. True, true. Or I could be going up. You know? Yeah. Knows, yeah. Roller coaster. Roller coaster. It is. It's like a roller coaster. I mean, seriously, like that. Those are the things I think I don't. I would because I do remember what it was like not to have diabetes. I do miss at times of being able to, like, and and this is what happened to me last time when we went to the JDRF walk here in Oklahoma City. Right after we left, I was like, you know what? I'm going to Texadelphia and I'm going to have an awesome, you know, Philly cheesesteak sandwich with a chocolate malt. <laughs> what? And I totally, my, I was going low. I was way low. And I just I said, you know what? I'm going to, this is great. I'm just going to go ahead and have, have an awesome chocolate malt. And I did. And you're low. Yeah. And I was low. And I, I gave a ton of units of insulin. I thought I'd do. And I was high the whole, the rest of the day. It was like up in the <laughs> 300s. <laughs> And I was like, what was in the mall and what was in the chili, uh, the Philly cheesesteak? It was great, but. Amber's <laughs> over here. I know. Like, I'm like losing my mind. I know you're losing your mind, but I mean, I just, there, there's parts of me that just wants to go back because I remember back in the day, you just, I could do that. See, yeah, that's interesting. That's hard. That's hard. Me either. Yep. Me either. I think that's the that's difference. The difference. <laughs> that's the difference because I, I do that's remember what it was like. So, and, yeah. and plus, there's, there's there's something to be said too for the the appetite that comes about during a low blood sugar. Right? Oh I mean, it's my like god! That's controlling true. or making logical choices about what's going to make you high later. Well, there's a whole scale too that if you're below a certain point, then you are going to make more irrational. You're not going to carb um, correct. You're going to binge eat because your body's like, holy true. shit! I'm I can, so I can have low. A rational like talk if I'm 68. <laughs> right, I'm me like too. 52 <laughs> or like 45. 
I'm going to be rational. taking it in yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, that's really, and see, and I think that's the thing is like, I can't, and like in that moment of time, I'm sitting there at Texadelphia going, wow, I haven't eaten here in years. And I'm sitting there going like, <laughs> don't want the waffle fries or don't want the chocolate mall. Don't want the cheese steak. This sounds awesome. And then I asked the guy behind me, hey, should I get jalapenos? And he goes, why don't you get pepperoni with it? And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, and so and that's the thing, I'm below, how am I going to figure out how to carb count? And I think, I think there we go. That's, that's what I think about diabetes, like in, in the things of life, how do you carb count that? You tell me certified diabetes educator. <laughs> how much world. is in a Texadelphia pepperoni, pepper, onions, Philly cheese steak, Philly cheese steak with a malt and like go with that. I bet there was 120 plus. Yeah, might be, but like that we're carb guessing all the time. And, and you know, what about the sauces with it? I mean, cause oh, once the again, sauces. the sauces that go with ketchup and all these different type of things. And it's like, well, that's where they get you. That's where they get you. But you know, go, go count those carbs. Well, here's the thing. And I, I, I know I ramble about this often. The FDA is now forcing <laughs> Forcing, and I don't know what it'll come out this year or the beginning of next year. They have to put actual sugar counts into everything. So low fat yogurts, which we think are healthy for us, they dump tons of refined sugar into right. um, oh to make goodness. us make it taste good. So have the sauces, they, we're going to shit our pants. Ketchup is a nightmare. Aren't sugars on those? Are yeah, they, but it's or is not it just the, carbs. It's carb sugars. Okay. Not right, so. Well, and I don't know if I'm not saying that correctly. Carbs and it's not like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it'll be a just, second okay. li- second line item, like completely different is how much sugar they oh. dump into it. It'll be a percentage okay. of. Oh. I see what you're saying. So like, yeah, forty percent of what you just okay. ate is actually refined sugar. See, I've got wow. jam in my fridge, and it says like sugars, like eight per tablespoon or ten per tablespoon, whatever it is. And I know some of those are coming from the actual fruit and yeah, included. So right, like how right. much is added? Okay, so added. I get what you're saying. Wow. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah. See, and that's a big difference. I mean, all these things matter. And it's just like, how are, how are you going to know really how to, to count? Well, here's the good thing is because of that, whatever ruling or whatever, cool. even talking to our friends at Whole Foods, and hopefully they'll be a part of what we're doing in the future, sure they, they have to change their labels. For all their processed foods, which I, Whole Foods is the only place where I'll actually get something that's made in-house, mm-hmm. like the chicken curry or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, now I will know exactly, even there's ginger and all kinds of good things in it, um, what I'm getting into. Oh, so, that, Man, that's going to be... It's going to be a game changer be, be for people with diabetes. Them. Yeah. Them, it's going to... Yeah. And that they're struggling. Everybody's struggling mm-hmm. with it. So... It is. I mean, it's a, this, is, this is the mental fatigue. I think a lot of people, they just, you know, don't want to fight for it. It's hard. So it is, it's that it's that fatigue. It so is what, a fatigue. What, what do you think brings you back to like getting over the, this, the mental fatigue? Talking um, to different other type ones and getting to know that we're all in the same battle together and, and realizing that, you know, that we enjoy, I think that's part of the thing is like enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. You know, uh, you know, if, if, if this conversation can help someone who's 18, who didn't have somebody yeah. to be able to talk through, like maybe this will be an encouragement to be like, you know, pass it for, I mean, pay it forward, pass it on. I mean, I do think that when I think about the diabetes camp, it just reminded me of just being able to be a mentor to folks and, and realizing that, you know, a lot of people you respect are the ones that not only talk about it, but they actually live it out. And so I think people need to see it lived out, like how, you know, we can live in moderation and you can be normal and, and just seeing it happen because a lot of us, you know, 
you know, if we're being really honest, that, you know, just like when I meet my friends back from college or different places, they're like, hey, Mark, you know, if we're going to go think about a place to go eat, can you, can you, can you have that? Those, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I can have whatever in moderation, but, but yeah. don't, don't single me out to say that I can't go have that. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to have you flip the switch on that Okay. because I've had a couple of friends, especially in the past three years, once I've started talking about diabetes more that have been my closest friends in the world in high school and never forget maybe last Christmas going to a party and they, um, the kind host, which I love them so much said, we know that there's probably nothing on the table that you can eat and more for dietary restrictions and meat and all these things. And, um, said, uh, so we fixed a salad and it's for you in the fridge. And instead of being pissed, I chose to say, you know what? Thank you for thinking about me and my dietary Mm. restrictions. Um, that's really sweet because now I have something that I can eat if I can't find anything on the table. And so I think it's one of those that we just have to, Tell those friends, thank you for thinking of us. And I think it's a great opportunity for all of us, people with diabetes, to educate that we get the choice every single day what we want to put in our mouth. And it's up to us to talk about why or why we don't. And it's not because of the disease necessarily. It's because Mm of how we feel about it later. Right. You know? And some of those choices would be the same whether or not we had diabetes or not. Right. Right. That's true. Yeah. That is true. I mean, I could eat some chicken wings in a heartbeat. No, but, and I think you could, or you could not. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, no, you're right. I mean, and I think that, you know, and I think sometimes I, I find myself, you know, you know, at times wanting to attack people when they, you know, it's like they, they don't really understand, but maybe that's why education is huge. I, yeah. mean, I mean, it's like I, I was sharing with y'all about the time when I was at, at Zoe's in yeah. Tulsa and I was wanting to do a low carb meal. And then the guy behind the counter was was telling me that, you know, you can cure diabetes. And I was like, well, how is that? And he's yeah. like, oh, type one, type two, it doesn't matter. You know, and I was sitting <laughs> here and once again, I, so every time I see this guy, I'm like, Hey, have you found a cure? Have, you, I mean, are you, do you, are you sure you can cure diabetes? <laughs> and cause he's telling me all the things he read on the internet and I've had <laughs> these co- always every day. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, in I with the source. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm always check, I'm always seeing this guy and we become friends talking through it. But I'm like, you know, there is going to be a day I'm like, Hey, you know, there is a difference between type one and type two. And there is a, comp- a big difference, but he still thinks that I think, you know, he talked, the, the example he gave was someone who lost a lot of weight, 200 pounds of different yeah. things. And it was type two. Yeah. So I think at least he had the courage to talk to you about it. Oh, he, I mean, I mean oh, really? Like, you he's know, like trying to help. He was, he was like, let me help you, dude. He was trying to help, and he was confident. Dude, let me take the monkey off your back, bro. <laughs> I can like, cure this disease. Cure it, and I was like, really? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I think. I think I think that's what I've always, you know, even going to different endocrinologists and different people. It's like just that hope that, hey, we're gonna have a cure. We're gonna have a cure, and it's like, well, okay, you keep saying that. Well, I want to see it. Well, know? let's talk about that really quick, and yeah. I don't want to end on it that note because it seems like doom and gloom, but. I love Dr. Copeland and I'm sad that he's retired, but he will no longer tell people there's going to be a cure. I mean, he, you know, and I'm not going to put words in his mouth and I don't want to disrespect him. Yeah, he said him. that on a podcast. Yeah. I mean, know, like, something, yeah. um, we're going to find the best management for the disease while it's here and all of the technology that's a totally separate podcast, but, um, that's coming about is going to help better manage the disease, but cure. Let's be realistic. Yeah. Let's stop giving people high hopes. Yep. 
Right. And, and I think, especially in regards to the cancer argument and the cancer cure, uh, and like, when are we gonna when are we gonna find a cure for cancer? I think we're starting to realize that, like, this whole like human physiology thing isn't black and white. Yeah. And that there are so many factors involved, an infinite intelligence in the mm. body that's really hard to replicate. Right. So. Well, it's, it's good. It's good to get your perspective. The curing is going to be the curing thing. Is going to be, I think, a debate that goes on, and I think anybody's holding out for it. I mean, it's possible, definitely possible. But but you know, when you meet you meet people that have been type one for years, mm-hmm. and you hear about it. I mean, I talk to patients every day, and there's a lot of people that are doing really, really good, yeah. and they've had a quality of life. And I've it's had a great been, life. And 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 that's the thing is like we're we're at a time like luckily, you know. I'm able to manage my disease and I'm able to take care of myself and travel in different places. And I'm thankful, you know? Yeah. I think in having diabetes, as long as we've all had, yeah. Like there's just a bit of cynicism mm-hmm. That's that true. grows right. over time. Cause you've, you've, we've all seen so many mice be cured and we've seen so <laughs> yeah. many headlines. Uh, right. Which I'm so against news. animal testing or because, because yes, with, with the exception of diabetes. <laughs> well, I mean, I just read a text. Te- yeah. I read you talking about mice. I mean, there was an Oklahoma State study. Oh about, yeah, we talked about this and about the mangoes. And yes. I was sitting here going, like, I love mangoes, but I can't manage my disease. Like, I love mangoes. I want to eat fifty million of them. Like, I've reached out to them about having them on a podcast. So OSU just had some killer, a just killer eating, study feeding mice just pure mangoes. <laughs> well, I don't think it was pure mangoes, but they, pr- they the gut by I mean, it made a world of difference oh, in their nice. diabetes management. We actually have a podcast <laughs> podcast guest coming up that talks about things like that yeah. See, awesome. that's yeah. yeah i mean there's so many there's so much but i think when you when the power <laughs> there's a power in numbers and when people get together and start talking sharing yeah. their stories you know we're, we're helping there is a lot of power well and it's crazy for us to get um and we're gonna have to give a uh, like a podcast or itunes shout out but when people say i learned so much from the podcast i'm like are you high <laughs> like we are just talking about what we do every day and it's it's all about the guests. <laughs> We're like... But, so fun. Hey, it, serious positive, though. This week, the first artificial pancreas was approved by the FDA. Ah, uh, here we which, go. you know, right. it's, it's Ryan, the let's first, break this it's down. It's the first one that made it onto the market. Right. Okay, so I'm raising my hand. a huge deal because it opens the gate. We talked to a couple of the deal. reps at oh. the JDRF walk about the language there. The language it's used. I mean, so you being a... In, in the medical arena, I mean, do you think sometimes when we say artificial pancreas, do you think really people really understand that it's not a full artificial pancreas because you wouldn't have to check your blood sugar and you wouldn't have to do a lot of Look, this thing? I can live life and I just have yeah. to... Do you, think, do you think there's a play on, on words that we need to be careful or no? Because there's no glucagon. Yeah, so it's, so not a, it's not an artificial... It's not a it's pancreas. It's a hybrid. It's not. And it's yeah, kind of crazy. No, it, it is... It, it's a it's a strange term. I know yeah. because I think five years ago, if I heard artificial pancreas and right. didn't know about the closed game loop changer and didn't know about CGMs and didn't know, I mean, yeah. I would have been like, oh wow, there's like a pancreas that right. like is just in my pocket now. Right, and it's done. <laughs> it's so right. weird. I think that's what I do. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, right. it, there's some components there. It's I know. A step in the right direction, but it's definitely not like in quotes. I'm artificial exci- pancreas. I'm, I'm fired up about it. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the way, I mean, with technology is going. It's huge. It's I think that as a future podcast for all of us, and maybe we can bring in somebody else like a fourth party, which is rare. Um, we talk about that because I, again, knowledge is power. We talked about with a lot of people this weekend at the JDRF walk about you have to be your own advocate. And if you don't know all the technology that's a, 
available mm-hmm. and your endocrinologist or your CDE is not telling you everything, um, then it's up to you to decide. Mm-hmm. And hey, Clayton, our guest last week, oh, the perfect yeah, totally. example. Yeah. I mean, he took the tech and did it on his own. Yeah. I mean, He's so. closing the loop on his own. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. through yeah. Night Scout and other things. I mean, I know. everybody has to have their own. I mean, you have to have ownership with this disease. And I think, I think that's where, you know, I notice even at diabetes camp that, you know, if, if, you know, you have people depending when you're diagnosed, I mean, there's so much involved of emotional capital mm-hmm. to, oh, there is. of helping people. And so, I mean, what do you do with the kid whose, you know, family didn't really set him up for when he does, when he, when he goes to college? I mean, if they've, if they've been like helicopter over him for so long and he didn't know how to check his blood sugar and different things. So there's so much, there's dynamics to the ownership of accountability. Or they don't have a great educator. Oh, and I'm not going to say great. That's not fair, but somebody who doesn't yeah. give them all the options right? and they're dependent mm-hmm. upon that person's knowledge to tell them what to do for the rest of their right. life. Right. As a family, how much of that emotional capital do you think gets invested into the idea of a cure? As a kid who gets newly diagnosed. Um, Well, we witness it all the time and no disrespect to any of the things that we're participating in, but Jesus Christ, people are dumping a ton of money money. into the cure, which a lot of that money is going towards tons of research, Mm -hmm. which helped the Medtronic plug and the artificial pancreas in quotes. Um, Yeah. And I think at a younger time, I would have been like, I guess I wouldn't have been like excited about the idea of an artificial pancreas, you know, in comparison to a cure. Cause I think that's always in the back of my mind. I, I want a shot cure, that's going to cure, cure me. Yeah. 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 I think that's what we all think. But now I think I'm in a place where I'm pumped about the artificial pancreas. Cause I see how much work has been done behind the scenes by JDRF and these companies. And it's like, Holy crap, they've done it. Like right. this is incredible that we're even close to this point. Right. I mean, well, like, I think I've the never, competition I've never now been more excited about this stuff and the competition. Well, the right. tech companies are not now fighting it's a race. and it's thank a you race. for that. And That's let good. me say this when it all does come down to whatever it is decided, I hope to God we can afford it. Well, that's, I think that's the yeah. other thing is like, you know, the technology in, in, you know, cause when, when you think about what's out there today, even there's people who can't even afford some of it. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Oh God. You know, I mean, because I mean, if you look at this artificial pancreas and you think about all the things and if you can't afford it, but you know, you got that, that mentality that you have to work so hard to like get it. And I mean, it's, uh, you know, and for the, let me say this, when all of it does go down and there's this pie in the sky and you you can't afford it. How, what do you think parents are going to do when they can't give their kid this gift of, Oh, that's tough. Yeah. You know, so I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things you have to think about in the future. I know. You know, we talked to, well, the, the initial talk when the CGM came out was like, this is going to be so expensive. And I mean, it is pretty it is. expensive to have a CGM, but it it wasn't as expensive as I thought it was going right. to be. So I'm thinking this this system, and really they're using the same equipment. Right. So. And you still got to check your blood sugar. You still got to check your blood sugar. And but so. maybe within 10 years, there's a good chance that whenever I wake up in the morning, I'm going to guarantee it's between 80 and 100. Man, that that's you know, going to be amazing. Or one ten, or whatever your goal. One thirty-two, your goal. You can pick a number, and you can in do 10 it. Years, and you're probably going to wake up with that. And like, I think we're. I think everybody with it is going to have that. <laughs> that's ex- that's exciting. I mean, the glucagon yeah. piece is is a huge component to this, and yep. as a safety net, and 
and and I think there's a, some companies out there that are close. That's that's the, that's the big. That's the big one. Yeah, it's another so, guy. Well, and I'm not. We're not being paid to do this up. at all. Yeah. But I have to say that my interest in the insulin pumps, or do you call Omnipod a pump? Yeah, it is a pump. Absolutely. You know, we call it. We a lot of times we might say pod therapy, but when you think about Omnipod, I mean, a lot of people don't even know that a dad. It was someone's diagnosed with type one diabetes. I mean, when. When, yeah. when his son yeah. was diagnosed and was sitting there in front of all the options that were out there, his son was at, was like, dad, I, you know, I don't want something with tubes. And yeah. that, 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 that's what, and then that drove his dad to put the money up to really look at the medical devices out there to, to pioneer and innovate. And so it's the only tubeless insulin pump in the world. And mm-hmm. so when I meet people in Oklahoma that have never, didn't even know it was an option, that's my vision is giving information and letting people be informed because all pumps are good. Um, and, and not Omnipod's not for everybody, but I just want people to know that there are different options, that there's yeah. different options out there because it's, that's, yeah. that's important, you know, and especially when I think about this dad's son being diagnosed, um, and, and his son just wanting to be a normal kid. And so it was really designed to where diabetes would be less about, you know, where you're not thinking about diabetes as much. So, well, as I said, uh, a lot of people have written in about, am I going to switch or am I going to do something? My first pod, Mm -hmm. my first pump ever being an Omnipod. You've had some people swinging you the Omnipod way. (laughs) Well, and because I've always bitched about the fact that I've never been on a pump because I don't want to be attached to something. Well, and that's what they found research, a lot of research and people like if you, if you really talk to people just like the JDRF, you know, walk this past weekend, you know, you don't want to be attached to a tube. I mean, a lot of people don't. And, 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 and so if the options out there, I mean, which is, it's, it's, it's really interesting to think about the psychological aspect of diabetes. I mean, there's, I've never had a problem talking about my disease, but that's not everybody. Some people want to live a discreet life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you're wearing yep. something that's going to bring attention to you, well then shouldn't they have that option to where they don't have to talk about it? So Kind of interesting. When I want to throw I, something I love else. I aspect of that, yeah. And I'm oh. sorry, Ryan, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, um, <clears throat> is that with the, the conversations that we had this weekend and hearing other people, like adults and children, mm-hmm. parents talk about different pumps and, and pump therapy, essentially, um, that young lady who was the Route 66 yeah, she beauty went, pageant winner uh, or whatever. and Disconnected from her pump and went D- DKA during a, an event and was in the hospital for three days. And right. like, I got emotional hearing that story. Wow. She got emotional talking to Mark about the Omnipod, right. about the, the difference it can make in someone's life. Well, because she's not having to disconnect. I mean, it truly is giving insulin and you're not disconnecting when you're showering, when yeah. you're swimming, doing life. And her mom brought up the fact that they have it's huge, man. cut her from being able to do, this is crazy to me, jump on the trampoline because her blood sugar goes so low. Right. That and, was, I mean, like, and, and I think, I think that, and so, yeah, that, that breaks your heart. That breaks your heart yeah. because, you know, there are, there is technology out there that can help, you know, like set temp basal rates. There's different things that you can do. And what are we doing though on the trampoline? That's, I mean, I know that it's physical obviously, cause I've been on it, but what, what, I mean, Jesus running a marathon versus jumping on a trampoline. This is, I think this falls into the, the hovering of the CGM age. 
right? Well, and too, she's probably right. going through puberty. Like right. there's some other things going right. on in her body. And her mom kind of mentioned that right. kindly. Right. Yeah. Grab a juice and get back on the thing. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Don't right. not jump on the trampoline because your blood sugar. Well, sometimes, go down. I mean, to your point, the CGM, I mean, there are sometimes you're like, what looking at it all the time. I mean, I find myself addicted to it going mm-hmm. like, what is it doing? I mean, it's, it's just going through it, you know, it's checking out what's going on. In my it's like body. a social media thing that you can't get your eyes off. But of. you know, yeah, but it's addictive. You know, <sighs> I'm glad I'm not on it. Yeah, no, I know it is. I'd be a wreck, but, but it is awesome, but it's addictive, but it is awesome. It is yep. addictive. And then once again, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 when we moved, I lost one of my transmitters, my Dexcom ah, transmitters. Yep. And so I tried to get another one from the insurance and they wouldn't pay for it. And so then my wife last night was asking, where's your Dexcom? She's like, she was so worried. And I was like, well, I can't find the other one because that one, my, the one I've been using the three months up on the life. And then she's all worried because I don't have my Dexcom. So she, she, uh, because wa- she, is she, does she, yeah, one she of the wants recipes. to see, yeah. let's see what's going on. But once again, you know, <laughs> technology is great, but it can be addictive. God. It's amazing. It really is. I mean, but think about people around the world that don't have the resources that we have. Well, that's why I said, I've been on a couple of trials and they wouldn't l- allow you to download all of your information on your iPhone or your, um, what is it called? A smartphone because they're doing this all over the world and the other people don't have the technology. And that's, yeah, I know. That's, I mean, yeah. when, you, when you hear stories Very like, fortunate. like I spent well, some time yeah. in India and you hear stories of people going from village to village to village. Labeled great podcast, five stars on iTunes. Here's how it reads. Just finished the latest podcast with Amber on type 2 diabetes to type 1 diabetes. Great podcast. Love the great conversation as always. And thank you so much for the great support you give us type 2s. I struggle with guilt feelings for, in quotes, doing this to myself. And y'all make these comments from time to time supporting the type 2 community. I feel welcome here and I love it. Please keep doing what you're doing. Yay. Oh, huge, 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 you know. And I think we're going to continue to try to bridge that gap more and, and produce more type two diabetes related content. Yeah. So if yeah. you have, or know of someone that has type two that wants to share their story, you know, we're always down to, to chat. Yep. Trying to bridge the gap, not build, not build barriers here. Yeah. Trying to bridge the gap. So hit us up info at and we will send you one of the brand spanking new t-shirts. So <laughs> thank you. As long as you're uh, just a size large. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, we're ordering another orders coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's a Thank wrap. you, everyone. Yeah. We love doing this. We'll uh, say, see you later. Cheers to the highs and lows. Cheers. Always had to check and see if the level is up or down. What'd you have for dinner? What'd you have for lunch? Did you have too many or not enough? Get all the levels to shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, cause I'm alive. Yes, I'm alive. One minor inconvenience, a little thing called diabetes is the daily grind.
Welcome to the 32nd episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. I'm Amber Kluwer, and I'm here today with co-host Ryan Fightmaster and a duck hunting Razorback, just a guy about town with... (laughs) Shit! (laughs) I've got to write this down. I've got to write it down. I've got to write down what the key things are at the end. 